You are listening to a sermon from Gateway Foursquare Church in Campbell River, BC. We are so glad that you joined us today and trust that the Lord will speak a word directly to you as you listen. To learn more about Gateway, find out what's happening, or to give a gift online, check us out at www.gatewayfoursquare.ca. You are welcome to join us in person each week at 9 and 11 a.m. Now get ready. Here is this week's message. Um, one thing, I was, I was at home. We have company here right now, and you, know, you do these things. I thought it, it, it's, it's a friend of ours, and I thought he'd already, he'd already left. And um, I'm, I'm in the kitchen, you know, mumbling to myself. I'm pretty sure I was talking out loud. And then I realized she was still there with the door open. I'm like, mm, did you hear me? He, he, he was polite and, you know, kind of, oh, well, you know, not much more than I mumble. Um, but then I had this thought. Hopefully you guys, you know, get my humor. Some of you will, some of you won't. But I was thinking, because I'm rushing around, right? And, you know, as Peter leaves, I'm sitting there, you know, at the computer because the word that I, you know, had prepared... It's never like quite, it's never quite done, right? So this thought came to me as I'm trying to get ready and rushing around. I know why there's not more women preachers. It has nothing to do with with theological anything. It's just, it's it's too much. It's way, there's just way too much involved for, for a woman to get ready for Sunday morning, like. Just saying, sorry. Okay, you're with me, right? You're tracking with me? Okay, good. So something I was gonna, that you may not know about me. Can you, can you turn the lights just down a little bit? I feel like I, I can't quite see you guys. There we go. I had my own business here in town for quite a few years called Stonehouse Teas. It's still there, so woo-woo. And my friend bought it, which is super, super great and cool for me. But um, during this time, I I learned quite a few things. Well, about all kinds of things, but one thing was how to make a good cup of coffee. Like, I really appreciate a good cup of coffee. So, and sorry, Colton, we were talking earlier he was hoping for some boating stories today. But there's usually boats somewhere. But today, today it's coffee, coffee theme. So it's one of my love languages. Like nothing can get you out of bed in the morning better than like that smell of coffee, right? Like it's great. So at home, Peter and I have this routine. I make breakfast. He makes coffee. It's great. So some of you might call me a coffee snob. Um, It's not intentional at all. I just really get disappointed if I go somewhere and I order a coffee and I know what it's supposed to be like and it's not. And I even know, you know, why it's not like that because I can, you know, and it's just like, no, okay. So anyways. So, but during our early years in business, it's a learning thing, right? You're kind of in over your head, and we have this nice cappuccino machine. 
But it took us a little while to realize, oh, like there's a lot involved in this, this machine. One day, I went to make a, a shot of espresso out of the machine and it, nothing came out, like nothing came out. So that was like a little bit of a learning curve that, oh, like we have to keep this machine clean. So yeah, hopefully you didn't have coffee at the, for the first part of, of my business. You were like growing, growing with me, right? And then another thing came to me was the first time that our espresso machine backed up and got clogged. So everything's, you know, going along fine. Um, with, with, our, with our machine, the, the drain had a bit of a poor design, so it was kind of going against gravity a little bit, which, you know, isn't really a good thing. So what was happening is some of the grinds were getting stuck at the elbow of the pipe, and you can't see that that's happening, right? Until all of a sudden, there's water everywhere, it's a mess, you know, everything. You're not making any coffee. And, um, and of course, who gets to clean that out is my husband, Peter. <laughs> Poor guy. So it's a bit like us in our own lives. It's like the, all of a sudden our drain is clogged. But, but we should have seen it coming, but, but we didn't, right? So everything's going along fine. You're just, you know, going about your day, making your coffee or doing your regular thing. Maybe you're at work. And then somebody says something to you, like your spouse. They're good for that, hey? Or, or maybe a coworker or a friend or something. And then your button gets pushed. Like you, they had no idea. They just, you know. Your husband looks at you like, what? What's wrong with you? And then you realize your, your drain's really clogged. <laughs> like, really clogged, right? It's like all the joy just got sucked out of you. And then, well, guys, you might not be able to relate to this so much, but you're an emotional mess, and you're crying, and you don't know what's going on. And I, I thought, I'm going to say this out loud to you. I thought it was just menopause, but it was happening long, long before menopause. <laughs> but may, maybe for you guys, maybe it's more of an anger thing or an internal thing, something that you internalize. But you surprise yourself. You're like, what is happening? You've been doing your regular stuff, your regular maintenance. You're reading your Bible. You're praying. You're trying to keep, you know, your machine, your inner machine going, so to speak. But sometimes there's a bend in the hose, like a little kink. Of course, technology's great until like your screen doesn't want to move when you're like, now I'm now I'm just now I'm stuck. Okay, this is like prophetic, right? I'm just stuck. Okay. So this muck gets trapped until it's too late. So the water's leaking all over, things aren't working. Then you go to take the, take the hose off. Well, that would be more my husband. And there's black goo oozing everywhere. Like it's actually pretty gross, like coffee that sits like that. It actually smells pretty bad. So it need, in order to get things working again, the hose needs to get flushed out, right? So in the machine, it needs clean water, and for us, we need the Holy Spirit to, to flush us out. 
So it seems surprising how much stuff can get trapped or lodged in the daily workings of our lives. But, but there's a lot going on, right? Different relationships, things we're trying to juggle, expectations we might have on each other. And we don't even realize that it's happening until all of a sudden the muck starts oozing out. It, oh man, it's not a good situation for you or for the, the person around you at the time. So on, on that note, let, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for all your people here today. We thank you for your body. And we just thank you that you are speaking to us today through the worship, through the word um, that Chris gave, through the words today. And we just thank you, Lord, that you'll speak what you're wanting to speak by your Holy Spirit to each one of us. Amen. Okay, I might have to go to paper in a minute, but... So I wanted to talk to you about something the Lord had spoken to me a few years ago. Uh, we had gone down to a conference. Um, actually, it was Peter and Gordon and I. And uh, we had a great time down there, good time in ministry. And during that time, somebody had a word that they spoke to me. And part of the word was that God was going to take out my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Sounds great, right? Like, great word to get. So there's a good thing and a bad thing about the word. The good thing is, is that God's going to replace my heart of stone with a heart of flesh. But the bad thing is, is that my heart is like stone. Ouch. Like, how did that happen? So we're going to read... Um, we're going to go to Ezekiel 36. Um, and be, before I read that, I'm just going to say here that in, in the book of Ezekiel, he's talking to the, the Jewish people that have been taken captive in Babylon. And the first part of the book of Ezekiel, it's not good. Um, he's, he's telling the people why they've been taken capt captive. It was a punishment for their sins that they kept repeating, worshiping idols, lack of repentance. But in the last part of the book, starting in this chapter, he, the message changes, and now it's a message of hope that he's giving to the people. And he, he's assuring them, no, there's better days ahead. So Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27 says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart with new and right desires, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new obedient heart. And I will put my spirit in, in you so you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. God is not only going to clean the outside of us so we look good. He's going to clean the inside. The translation might be a little bit different. Um, I'm reading under the NLT. 
but the words are, are, are very good either, either way. So in Ezekiel eleven nineteen, it also, so this is before this, he's, he, he's introducing this concept and it says, I will give them singleness of heart, which means one heart or an undivided heart and I'll put a new spirit within them, and I will take away their heart of stone and give them tender hearts instead, so they will obey my laws and regulations. Then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. So what kind of heart does God want? You can say, what do you think? Tender heart? What does that look like, a tender heart? Loving? Pa yeah, compassionate. Yeah, and here he, he, says, he says a couple times, he says, I will give you a new and obedient heart, and I will put my spirit in you so you will obey my commands. So it seems to be important to God obedience that we're we're obeying him so if you took a, a a heart of stone what what would that be like hard yeah it doesn't penetrate well I asked uh, my friend today, because she, she collects heart-shaped rocks. So, like, these are beautiful. They're very, very lovely. But I guess, you know, kind of hard. Maybe something we don't want in us. So God is saying he will put a new spirit within Israel and transform their hearts and minds that he would bring about the change. So the change that he's wanting to bring is, is total. It's complete transformation. And, and in the Bible, when, when it's talking about the heart, it's talking about the seat of our mind and our will. So it's not just our emotions. <clears throat> it's really our it's our whole it's our whole being and Ezekiel here he uses heart and spirit together as one and they work in in tandem as as our whole being God is wanting to transform us so in some ways when I got given this word I could have taken offense in a way like what's God saying I'm saved, you know, I wasn't backslidden, and I wasn't walking in some obvious sin, but I was going through some stuff at the time and knew that I had some hardness in my own heart. So I, I took the word, and I, you know, knew that God was, was speaking to me through this. And, you know, really, why would I think I'm so much different than the Israelites God's chosen people. 
I'm just as capable of getting off course. So I think for all of us, there's a principle here that God is, is, is wanting to say to us. If we go, excuse me, to Ezekiel 18, 31 to 32, it's interesting. Well, let's read it first. It says, put all your rebellion behind you and get for yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O people of Israel? I don't want you to die, says the sovereign Lord. Turn back and live. So this is an interesting passage because God, he, he was promising us a new heart and a new spirit already. Um, something that, you know, really to go from rebellion to obedience was, it's going to require a divine intervention of the Lord and, and does but he's also asking something of us here. He's, he's actually telling us to take action, repent, and get for yourselves a new heart. So, so we, have, we have a charge in this. We, we have something that we have to do. Do you remember John 3, 5, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus? And Jesus replied to him, The truth is, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can re reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives new light from heaven. So don't be surprised at my statement that you must be born again. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are, are born of the Spirit. So it's a, it's a supernatural thing. And uh, if you go further there, there's John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So in order for us to be saved, we have to come to Jesus, repent, ask forgiveness of our sins, and accept him into our heart to be our Lord and Savior. And then we're born again. We're born with a new spirit. But only the spirit, it's saying in, earlier there, can give us new life from heaven. This is, it's a supernatural thing. It's something that we can't explain. Ooh, that's, this is a good sign, right? <laughs> well, thank you, Lord. John 3.16. I guess for, maybe for somebody here today, this is your day for you to ask the Lord into your heart. And uh, it's, it's easy. It's really easy. You just ask God for forgiveness for your sins, and you, you say... I want to make you the Lord of my life, and today I will follow you with all of my heart. One question you might have, 
why would I want to be a Christian? Number one, they seem kind of crazy, but... And why does it seem like so much work? You become a Christian, you know, things seem really great, and you're moving along, especially maybe at the beginning, and then, and then it's like, oh, wow, this seems like a lot of work. It is. It is, it is work. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, But when anyone turns to the Lord, then the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, he gives freedom. And all of us have had that veil removed so that we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of God. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him, and we reflect his glory even more. So after we became saved, we're continuing to work out that salvation and becoming more like Christ as the Spirit works within, within us, within our hearts. So after I d received that word of um, having a, you know, the heart of stone, I did, I had to, to look at it and take stock and say, well, Lord, what is going on inside of me that's stopping that, that flow? And I mean, I have certainly haven't arrived. None of us are, uh, are all perfect. Jesus was perfect. But it's an ongoing thing that he's wanting us to, to work out. So I don't need to give you guys a big long list of things that can cause hardness in our hearts. I'm sure, I'm sure, sure you're very well acquainted of some of those things, but... But let's just talk about a few things that might affect all of us. What about our culture? Look at how much things have changed in the last 40 or 50 years. I mean, when I, I remember going to school, I'm trying to think how old I was, I was probably like grade one or grade two, you know, and we, we said the Lord's Prayer in the classroom. We've gone a long way from that in our in our nation. We're no longer a Christian nation, even though it was founded on, on Christian beliefs. We're not acting like a Christian nation. We call good evil and evil good, just like in the Bible it says would happen. So we can we can really relate to the Israelites. You know, they were in that things in their culture surrounding them, um, bombarding them to set yourself apart, it, it, does, it is some work, for sure. What about fear? Fear is the opposite of faith. And that was touched on this morning when Chrissy, were, you were saying, you know, we, we, need, we need faith, more faith. We've had fear all around us the last few years. But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. It's the enemy that comes to kill and steal and destroy. That's not God's plan for us to live in fear. We, we could start to lose faith and think God doesn't care anymore. God's no longer in control. Look at this world. And we can start believing the lies. God is in control. Rejection, that's a big one. 
And this is really something that, you know, some people will suffer from more than others. If you tend to have prophetic giftings in your life, you, you will be well acquainted with rejection because there's a working out of those gifts too. And you can feel lonely, you can feel abandoned, you can feel misunderstood. And I know because I've, I've experienced all of those things. You can get bitter with one another. And you may just want to say, forget about it. I give up. This is too hard. I'm not going to bother. Look at Elijah. He, he defeated the prophets of Baal and did these amazing things. And then Jezebel comes along and he goes running for his life and wants to die. So we, we can really, you know, very quickly sometimes go from being, yes, God, you can do anything to, you know, crash and burn because we're of how, how we're feeling or something that is God is just working out in us. Or it can be lots, it doesn't have to be these big things. It can be lots of little things just going on in your life or like the Bible talks about those little foxes that come along and you don't even realize until someone pushed your button. You know, coffee that comes from a, a machine that's dirty, it can be, well, it will be bitter. It can be sour. You can add as much cream and sugar as you want to it, and it still doesn't taste good, or that's my opinion. But, but you might get used to drinking it, the bitter drink, and you don't even notice that it's bitter anymore. That can be like us. We don't even notice anymore what's going on. But what are we supposed to do about it? Good question. Let's go back to the cappuccino machine and let the Lord take the hose off and allow, allow that water of the Holy Spirit to clean, to clean the pipes. And it might be painful at the time. It probably will be. But it'll be worth it. Maintenance. Not just the regular maintenance, but the deep cleaning kind of stuff. Kind of like the toothbrush in the window ledges and under the, I was going to say utensils, but the appliances. Who does that? I don't. My husband, that's funny, because those are the things, you know, if he wants a deep clean, those are the things that, that you might find him doing. I don't do those things. That's why he has to do them, I guess. And I don't clean blinds, just saying. So, like, these kind of blinds, no, not a thing. So th those were what they were supposed to have in our house when we moved in. And I said, no, forget it. I don't want those. So I got the roller blinds. So it's great. Every time you roll them up and down, any dust or dirt that's there, it's just, it's gone. I don't have to clean the blind. Or that's, I think it's gone. I can't see any. 
So as we do regular maintenance in our lives, like disciplines, prayer, reading the Bible, seeking God, asking him to clean out the muck, heal our hearts, repent, ask forgiveness, and do what's needed. That might even mean deliverance. We can be oppressed. You might, might need some, some help. That's okay. Because once that deep cleaning is done, even though it's so hard at the time, I don't really like cleaning, to be honest with you. I like the after. I like when it's clean, which probably a lot of us do. I don't know. I'm sure some of you really love cleaning, so we're not really talking maybe the same language, but it's so much easier once your place is clean to just be like, oh, I like this. I want to keep it this way. This is so good. This is so nice. And if you make a, a coffee out of a machine that's clean, the, the coffee's going to be taste better. It's going to be smoother, flow better. And, and just like with us physically, emotionally, spiritually, as we take care of business ourselves, things are just going to work better for us and, and for those around us too. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I, I, I wanted to show you that this is all I could find. I was like, I need, I need a heart. <laughs> it's the best I could do. It's a magic eraser. I don't know if that, is that good? It's, it's, it's soft. Oh, and, and it'll clean. I never even thought of that. It's a theme. And it's pliable. And it's something that God is wanting for us is a, is a clean heart. Amen. If anybody wants to take it later, they, you know, hasn't been used yet. Or you could come over to my house and, and do some cleaning for me. That was my saving grace when, when I was, the kids were young and we were both working and sometimes I would come home and I would maybe sit in one of the really messy rooms and I would actually just cry. I would just be like, oh Lord, like where do you even start, right? Some of you might feel that way too. Like sometimes where you feel overwhelmed and you're like, where do I even start? Well, God knows. But then I did, I, I, I got people to come in and, and, and do, do some of that cleaning for me just to help me out. Maybe the worship team could come now. What, what are you guys laughing about? I want to know. Oh, <laughs> I did mean that, actually. <laughs> I'll have a cleaning party. Mind you, if that happens, I'd have to be really, I'd have to be willing to get rid of stuff, right? Because I, I know how that goes. You don't really need all this stuff, right? No. But there was another part to that word that God gave me that was very encouraging. Because he cares about us, right? He's not just there giving us a word that, that 
you know, is harsh, but he doesn't want to see us stay stuck. So he, he gave me that word because he, he cared about me. And he said, I'm putting a new song in your heart, a song of praise to me. And he said that he's calling me deeper than I've ever been before. He said that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my rock. In you I will trust. In Psalm 51:10, David cries out, create, which means make new, in me a pure heart or a clean heart. O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. In verse 17, it says, the sacrifices you want is a broken spirit, a broken and repentant heart, O oh God, you will not despise. So God, he doesn't just take out this stony heart, but he replaces it with his love. Like we were singing about this morning, a love like we have never seen before. There's nothing like his love. Nothing can contain it. And all God wants is for us to yield our hearts to him. He told me to stop attaching strings to his love. To let go He wants us to let go of the past. The things that we can't change, we can't do anything about them. Just let it go. And I'm speaking to myself here because that's what God was speaking to me. It's not as easy to do that but he says, as you'll yield to my love and lay it down before me, that he, that he will break down every wall because nothing compares to God's love for us. He says, I will take out your stony heart, our stony heart, if we give it to him, we have to give it to him, though, fully and completely. Thanks for joining us today. We trust that the Lord has something great in store for you. Do you have a question or a prayer request? Send an email to info at gatewayfoursquare.ca or find us on Facebook at GatewayCR. Don't forget we gather each Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. at 403 Fifth Avenue here in beautiful Campbell River. Have a great day.